The Bible reading this morning is found in 1 Samuel, chapter 8, which is found on page 218 in the Bibles in the pockets in front of you. 1 Samuel, chapter 8, commencing at verse 1. Israel asks for a king. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, You are old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, This is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve him with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and others to plough his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and the vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations, with a king to lead us and to go out before us and to fight our battles. When Samuel heard all that the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. The Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. Then Samuel said to the Israelites, everyone go back to your own town. This is the word of the Lord. We as a church have got the privilege of looking each week at uh, a new 
uh, chapter of uh, Samuel, a new chapter in the story of 1 Samuel. And uh, it's a book that relates to things that happened 3,000 years ago. What could truths that um, were written 3,000 years ago uh, speak to us in 2019? Let's pray and ask the Lord that uh, he would speak to us this morning. Lord, we do ask that you would speak, for your servants are listening. Speak, Lord. Our hearts are ready to hear. Uh, We desire your word to speak into our lives because we need it like a desert that needs rain, so our hearts need your word, O God. Uh, Like a paddock needs seed sown into it, so, Lord, we, we need your word uh, planted in our hearts for life and for truth, for transformation. So work, we pray, Father. Help us, Lord. Help us as we open this word, we pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Samuel was old. He'd grown old. We first met Samuel uh, when he was just a tiny baby and uh, he was the answer of Hannah's prayer. God had answered Hannah's prayer and here was this baby. And Hannah took this little baby when he was weaned, just a tiny little boy, and gave him uh, to Eli and there this little boy lived in the house of the Lord, far from his parents And we see him serving so beautifully and so diligently in the house of God. Beautiful picture, actually. Something very special happens. God starts speaking to this little boy. And God speaks to Samuel in a way that he speaks to few people. And it says in the scriptures that the word of God came to all Israel through Samuel because he was a prophet. In fact, we learn in in the next chapter, and I just want you to imagine this, I just try and imagine it myself, that everything he said came true. That's what it said of Samuel. Everything he said came true. In, in the chapter immediately previous to this one, chapter 7, we see Samuel, um, the Philistines were an army that were coming and threatening Israel, a very powerful army, and they were frightened. And we see Samuel praying now, pr- praying, saying, I'm going to intercede, pray, pray for you. And the people said to Samuel, please don't stop crying out to God for us in this situation. And as Samuel um, prayed and he sacrificed a suckling lamb, God came in tremendous power and the Philistines uh, were overcome and the Israelites were safe. But now many years have passed. Many years of faithful service have passed and Samuel has grown old. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders 
The name of the firstborn was Joel, and the name of the second was Abijah, and they served at Bathsheba, but his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside to dishonest gain and accepted bribes, and they perverted justice. They were, there was corruption right at the top now. The sons of Samuel uh, were corrupt. The elders of Israel had been looking at this situation. Samuel had grown old. His sons were corrupt. And the elders had been talking amongst one another and they gathered together and they, they came to Samuel. All the elders uh, of Israel gathered together and they came to Samuel at Ramah and they said to him, you are old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint for us a king to lead us such as the other nations have. Because we've been looking at the other nations around us. They've all got kings. They've got kings to lead them. We don't have a king. Now, Samuel, you're old and your sons are going off the rails. Appoint for us a king like the other nations. Because Israel at that point had never had a king. In fact, again and again in the book of Judges, which immediately precedes Samuel chronologically, it says again and again that in those days Israel had no king and everyone did as they saw fit. Israel had no king in those days. Because this was a period of time where Israel had no king. God had been their king. God was the one who had... um, taken this nation by his own mighty arm and pulled them out of slavery and made them his own. God had been the one who had, by a pillar of cloud and pillar of fire, led them with great strength and love. God had been the one who had taken them through the Red Sea and brought them across the Jordan and into the Promised Land. God had been their king. But when they said, give us a king, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It's not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Just as they've done since the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them. But warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. God says to Samuel, Samuel, I know you've been the judge and the prophet. You've been acting as the priest in Israel all this time. And they're coming to you and they're saying, we want a king. We want to do things differently. We've seen what the others are doing and we want to do it the same as them. And God says to Samuel, look, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Just as they've been doing all along since the day I brought them out of Egypt. Do you remember that time when Moses, they've come out of Egypt and Moses is going up to the mountain on Mount Sinai? And he's gone for a long time and the people say, we don't know where he's gone. 
He's gone for a long time. Aaron, can you do something about this situation? We don't know what's happened to Moses. And so Aaron says, yeah, we'll take off your earrings and they produce this golden calf. We want, a, we want something we can see. <laughs> we, we want a God that we can see like the other nations. And so when Moses comes down, here they are all dancing around the golden calf. And God says, Samuel, they've been rejecting me as king for a long time. They're just doing it again. They're, they're wanting another king. God says, Samuel, just tell the people what they're getting themselves in for. Give them the king, Samuel. But make sure they know what they're going to be in for because this is what it says. He said, this is what the king, Samuel, tell the people that this is the sort of king that you're going to get. This is what the king you will reign over, you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve his chariots and horses, number one. Number two, he will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. Number three, he will take the best of your fields. He will take a tenth of your grain. He will take your flocks. He will take. This king will be on the take. You, uh, yes, you can have a king. But just be sure that you know that this king that you so long to reign over you is going to be on the take. And then it says right at the end there, you'll take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. In other words, welcome back to Egypt. You yourselves will be slaves again. You reject me as king and you replace me with a man that you can see. That's what you want? It's going to go bad for you. It's going to go really bad for you. And when the day comes for you to cry out for relief from the king you've chosen, the Lord will not hear you in that, on that day. I just want you to know. So Samuel says this to the people, but the people refused to listen to Samuel in verse 19. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we'll be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and go before us and to fight our battles. No, no. They didn't want to listen to Samuel. We want a king, like all the other nations. Want someone to fight our battles. We want um, a king, a strong and stable, predictable centre of political and military power. We, we want someone. Look at the other nations. They've got someone to look to. They've got a centre of their of their leadership. And look at us. <laughs> Give us a king. And Samuel heard all that the people said. He repeated it to the Lord. And the Lord answered Samuel, 
listen to them and give us a king and give them a king. It's ironic, you know. (laughs) It says here that the people would not listen to Samuel. But God says to Samuel, Samuel, listen to the people. Give them a king. Do you know, when they're saying we don't want to have, we, we want a king like all the other nations, what they are saying is that we want to be like all the other nations. God had long ago pulled them out and said, you are my treasured possession. You are the people of my own possession, your, your, your mind. You're going to be set apart from all the other nations. No other nation will have you as their God. You will be mine and I'm going to have a covenant with you. I will promise you that I'll be with you and you will be mine. And when they're saying, give us a king, they're saying, we want to opt out of this covenant. We don't want to be Israel anymore. We don't want to be God's. We don't want to be special and set apart and holy and different to anyone else. We want to be like the others, like the other nations. We want to adopt their culture. We don't want Yahweh. Whatever their culture is, we want to absorb it too. We don't want an unseen God. We don't want to live by faith in him. We want to live by sight. Give us something that we can see. It's a strange thing, you know. Strange. That God knows that it will be go bad for them. God knows that he is rejecting them, wanting a king like all the other nations. But God says to Samuel, listen to them, Samuel, and give them a king. Have you ever really, really, really wanted something? It makes your heart tingle to think, if only I could have that thing and you're just really wanting it. But it's possible that if God gives it to you, it won't be good. Oh, yes, you want it so bad. You want it so, so bad. But it's possible that if God gives it to you, it won't be good for you. I think God here is saying, I'm going to punish you with the experience of giving you what you want. I'm going to give you what you want. And in so doing, you will have my judgment on you. I know it's going to go bad for you. I'm going to give you what you want. Do you know, um, we are God's people. We're called to be different from, from the rest of the world. There can be a desire in us to drink in the culture of the world. Accept everything. We can set our hearts on treasures of this world. And we want things that we can see. (laughs) It's not enough for us to serve a God that we can't see, who is magnificent in beauty and strength and glory and majesty. We want a 
We want things that we can see. That's the thing that we set our hearts on. We don't want to be Israel. We don't want to be God's holy people. We don't want to be set apart. We want to be like the world. All the possibilities that the world gives, all the beautiful pleasures that the world gives, living in the way of the world. Oh, what, how beautiful that is. That's the lie. If only we don't want to be God's people. We don't want that. Give us another king. Give us a different king. We want the freedom and the glitz and the glamour. We want to do things the world's way, just like the world. Lord, we don't want... Don't tell us, God, about um, your idea of sexual purity. Don't tell us, God, about your idea of how generous that we're supposed to be. Don't tell us, Lord, about how honest we are supposed to be and how the sacrificial lives... No, no, we want a different king. We want a king like the world has. Look, the Lord is saying, you can have your king, but it's going to go bad for you. You can have all the things of this world, it's going to go disastrously for you. God gave them a king. First he gave them Saul, then he gave them David, then he gave them Solomon, and then a whole range of kings. And in the end, it went so bad, they ended up in Babylon as slaves in exile. Oh yes, they did. It went bad for them. Brothers and sisters, it's easy for us to be enchanted with things that glitter. It's easy for us to be enchanted with things of this world that are seen and we want other gods other than the God. We are tempted to think, oh, the freedom that we will have. If we have a different God. Oh, oh the freedom. If, if only this God, if he wasn't our God, we would, we would have freedom. But the truth is that the Lord brings ultimate freedom. His rule and his reign, supremely ruling over our lives, brings tremendous freedom. All the kings in the history of Israel, and it went bad. They ended up in slavery and in exile. And it left them looking for God to be king over them again. Listen to what it says in Matthew 21. It says in Matthew 21... Verse 5, Jesus was just entering Jerusalem. This is the place that he would be crucified. And it says there, as he's going in, he says to his disciples, Go into the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey there tied there with her colt by her untie them and bring them to me if anyone says to you 
anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey. Did you know that what God was doing in Jesus is he's coming again to establish himself as God, as king over his people. Jesus comes in now humble on a donkey and they're saying this is to fulfill a prophecy long ago saying a king, the king is coming to you. He's a different king because he has a crown of thorns on him. They put a crown of thorns on him. He's a different king in that in the other kings, they were on the take. They were take, take, take. They will take from you. They will take from you. But this king comes and he's a king that gives. All his life he gives. He gives himself totally to you. He gives his life on the cross and he dies And when he rises, he rises with tremendous authority over death and hell. He is the king now, I tell you. And he is the king that wants to establish himself over your life. Now you say to me, oh, I don't want to give my life to Jesus because I'll have to give up too much. He's asked too much. I'll have to give away too much. I don't want to live like a Christian. I want to love my money, I want to love my alcohol, I want to love my sex, I want to love my, my career, I want to love all everything. I don't, want to, I don't want to give up. I don't want to give too much up for this king. I, it'll be like bondage for me and it's a lie. Because this king, this king Lord Jesus, he reigns over, he's the giving king. He reigns in faithfulness and love. He reigns in beauty. He reigns to set you free. The truth is that when this king will reign over your life, you will be free. When his rule is supreme over you, you will be free. Can I talk to believers here this morning? Some of you, many of you, God willing, are believers I just want to ask you a question. Does this king rule supremely over your life? Does he rule? Do you love having him rule over you? When, when you are, you've got a quiet moment, what are the things that rolls around in your heart and your moment that you love? Do you love his rule, his reign? We, we, can, we can think, yeah, I come to church a bit and we tip our hat to God and that's it, my job done to God. But then we live the rest of our lives totally in love with something else other than the king. He's not your king. You, you, it's not enough to tip your hat to him every now and again. He is to be king, ruling over you. And you are to delight in his reign. He is the one that will set you free. He is the one that will give you. He gives. He gives. In fact, he gives eternal life forever. 
So I'm inviting you to have this magnificent king reign and set you free in new and magnificent ways. Can I talk to unbelievers? Maybe you're an unbeliever here. It is a massive, massive thing to have Christ come and reign in your life. It is massive. It is a revolution. Instead of me sitting on the throne of my heart and I rule and do whatever I like, whenever I like, and I go into disaster, it is a massive thing when the King of glory, the Lord Jesus, comes and you are dethroned off, the, off your own heart and he now comes and rules over you. But it is a beautiful thing. It is a freeing thing. It is a hope, it's a cleansing thing. And it takes away your fear. It takes away all your doubts. It takes away every kind of um, anxiety because he is a great king. Look, you can say to yourself, no, I've decided, uh, it's what you're saying is interesting, but I've decided just to rule my own life. It's not going to go well for you. Here, this king is offering himself to you. He's offering and saying, I will rule in tenderness and love and strength and for your freedom. When he rules supreme, freedom comes to you. I'm asking you this morning, very boldly, will you take him as your king? What an incredible offer he gives. Dying on the cross, rising in power and offering forgiveness and freedom that he would be your king reigning over you in hope and forgiveness. He can transform your life. He will comfort you. He will protect you. He will fight your battles. He will be with you. He will not abandon you. His love for you is deep. We are a people, those that have trusted in him, that are to take this Lord Jesus, not as a, you know, some people have sugar in their coffee and some people don't. It's not like that. It's it's sort of not sort of, oh, it's just a little thing that I do on, on the side. Christ is to be king over us and reign in tremendous and glorious power. And when we know his rule and his reign, he's the one that gives us tremendous freedom. I'm inviting you then to look to him again as the great king.